not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. If you've ever gone on vacation, have you ever had the following experience? You arrive where you are going, you take your key or your key card, you enter your room, maybe you put your bags down and start to unpack them, maybe you throw your bags down, and after a long day of driving or flying or flying and then driving, you throw yourself down onto the bed and you finally get to relax. And then, after about 32 seconds, you think, or someone says, what are we doing now? And our hearts do have this inner restlessness that when we do get to rest, we kind of resist it. Uh, But the Lord wants to address this as he sends out the disciples today. I do not think he was primarily giving vacation advice. Uh, He was sending the disciples out on their mission, so properly speaking, he was giving them vocation advice. Sorry. (laughs) But he says something kind of strange about this. He says, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you are to leave. And this could seem like it's a little bit obvious. Why would Jesus say that? You can't both stay in a place and leave there. You can't leave before you've stayed. Stay there until you leave. But he means something specific. And he wouldn't have said it if he didn't want us to hear it. He's using a specific word there when he says stay. It's a word that Jesus uses in the Gospels, especially at the end of his life. It's a command he gives to his disciples. In Greek, the word is menete. And it's the word that he uses when we hear lines like, remain in my love, or abide in me as I abide in the Father. Jesus isn't talking just about being somewhere temporarily. He's talking about a deeper kind of rest that comes from being in union with God. And he talks about it in the context of going to a house. The first disciples didn't have a place to live. They would go from home to home, to homes of people who weren't Christians, who would be willing to take them in. And it was in the context of this relationship with a family who would host them that they made new disciples. St. Paul talks about this uh, in the Acts of the Apostles. He goes and he stays with a family, and there's a a family of a, a Roman official, none of whom are Christians, and all of them become Christians. Their whole house is baptized because of the relationship that Paul develops while he's staying with them. And you know, those of you who are in families, how much work being in a house with a family is. Uh, 
I don't know if this is your experience, but my experience when I was growing up is that when I was at school, I was always really well behaved because people were watching. And when I came home and everybody knew me, I was a pain. Because there's something about being in a family. When you're with the people who know you best, some masks come down and we hide, and we stop hiding some things about ourselves, uh, some good things and some unpleasant things. Uh, so that, that home uh, is a place of encounter, it's a place of rest, but part of what we encounter is what is difficult about ourselves and difficult about each other. Uh, and what God is calling us to is to stay in that, not to leave immediately, but to be faithful to it, uh, to work through the conflict that comes with relationship, that comes with being in a home, uh, and invite him into it, not just make it our problem, but allow him to take care of it, to be part of it, uh, because this leads to communion and not just to division. And the same thing is true of our life with the Lord. You know, the disciples really needed this three years with Jesus. Uh, they needed this time of rest and preparation, this time of relationship, so that they could go out and make disciples. And they needed this time in these homes where they stayed of rest, but also of relationship, so that they could make new disciples. And this happens to us also when we come to the Mass. Sometimes we come to Mass, and the sort of thing happens that happens when you go on vacation. You just throw your bags down, and then you run off. Maybe you think, Lord, I'm so glad that I'm here at Mass this week. I'm here to praise you. I'm here to offer you my whole life. Maybe I'm bringing you things that I really need to bring to you, that I need your help with. And then we come, and 30 seconds later, we're thinking about breakfast. And that's okay. That happens. We have intellects that are weak and limited, and uh, we don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed when we're distracted in prayer. We just bring this back to the Lord, and we say, Lord, apparently these are the things that are on my heart today, and I give them to you, and please take care of the things that are on my heart, but please raise my heart uh, to something new, uh, to the things that you've prepared me for and that you really want me contemplating. And so, in this moment, when we receive the Eucharist, when we're with Jesus' Eucharistic self-gift, we're given a moment of rest. When we're allowed to pause, when whatever is afflicting us or affecting us uh, can go on pause. For the Lord to speak, for the Lord to be with us, and it is from that place, from that rest, that he sends you out to your vocation to make you a saint.